And welcome once again to The Real Money Show, broadcasting on the Chorus Radio Network and worldwide via the web. For over six years, you're listening to The Real Money Show, brought to you by Guildhall Wealth Management. Today in studio, we have Paul Wiseman and Jeremy. Um, this is uh, this is going to be a great show, guys. I want to first give out the numbers there, one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. I want to get right into this before we get to uh, Gerald Solanti, one of our favorite guests on this show. Talk about animated and full of personality, not to mention knowledge, Jeremy. Uh, give us a quick overview, uh, a bird's eye view of what's going on in the market. Sure. First, we do want to mention we've got our e-commerce store with uh, competitive prices, Love especially it. for those in Toronto who just want to book their price, come pick it up at the offices in a few days' time. And it's it's been fantastic so far, especially with what's been going on in the last uh, week in, in precious metals. We've seen the price come down, knocked down, um, essentially with the U.S. dollar. I have to say we have to think counterintuitively at this point. There was a point in time where if gold went up, that was an economic barometer of how well the U.S. dollar was doing. And in the last four or five years, what's what's happened, especially in the last three years, is anytime there's a trouble with the U.S. dollar, the price of gold and silver counterintuitively go down. Mm-hmm. A lot of people out there are thinking counterintuitively. They see the price go down and they do something about it. So as an example, the Shanghai silver stockpiles. So again, the stockpiles in, off the Shanghai exchange have dropped 93% since 2013 from a high of 1,143 tons down to 81 tons. Now, what does that tell you? That tells you that someone is buying silver like crazy as the price has been dropping or, or staying stagnant below $20 an ounce. Someone out there or some ones out there, sovereign nations, sovereign buyers, in, big investors are buying silver on mass at lower prices in the market. So even though they see lower prices coming, they're doing nothing but buying. Well, that's an important thing because, you know, for every buyer, there's a seller. And for every winner, there's a loser. Mm-hmm. And for every fortune, there's a misfortune. And that's what happens in these markets. You have to be aware of what's going on in the market. You have to look at fiat currencies. You know, no country has ever survived on a fiat currency. It's always collapsed. You can go back to Roman times when, you know, they took a coin and where it was a gold coin and it finished up made out of wood. That's what happens. Fiat currency is a way of confiscating your wealth. You need to own gold, silver, natural fancy color diamonds in your portfolio. And this is a great time to get into especially purchasing gold and silver. We have a depository where you can purchase silver you can or gold. You can put it in the depository. It's safe, secure. It's allocated and segregated. We even give you the bar numbers. Or if you want to buy direct, you can take the metal home. You can use our e-commerce site. You can go on, log in, get the price figure out what you want to do. You can be assisted by one of our brokers by phoning in. It's a great way to get into the market. It's exciting. It's really exciting. Especially at these prices today. one eight seven seven eight silver on the real money show.com. Jeremy. Yeah, and again, counterintuitively speaking, Paul's talking about the 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 US dollar, that it's it's fragile. Someone out there knows it because in the, when the U.S. Mint updated its figures this past Monday, sale of silver eagles increased 700,000 to 2.4 million. And then yesterday, so that would have been Wednesday of this week, another 350,000 were sold for a total of 2,765,000 just for the month. That's massive. That means that when this price goes down, people are smart enough to know that at this point in time, with all markets being manipulated, and we're going to talk about that with, with Gerald Salente, that this is the time to get in. There's a, there's a small window here to buy, and, and obviously the U.S. public are taking, taking that cue huge. So when we see 2765000 just Silver Eagle alone, you know that people are actually starting to protect protect themselves and we're in a quiet bull market so it's very important to get into this market while physical bullion is still available when you see those shanghai stockpiles diminish that much in two years if you decide that you're going to buy silver once it goes up to thirty dollars you may not be able to get your hands on it so Definitely go to the e-commerce site or call Guildhall and get some physical bullion in your portfolio. And that's all you guys do, to reiterate, right, Paul? Just physical bullion. Yeah, we don't sell paper. We're not, right. in, we're not in the equity business. We don't sell certificates or ETFs, futures or options on futures. 
We just sell the physical product, and you need to own the physical product. When you buy physical product, what you're doing is taking it out of the market. Nobody can hypothecate that silver or gold that you have. When it's in the system, when it's paper traded, that can be hypothecated as much as 100 times over. So be smart. Get into the market. Give us a call. Make your first investment. Call one of our people. We will assist you in making a purchase and getting you started in a great, great investment. One eight seven seven eight silver on the Real Money Show dot com. Want to turn it over to our guest who's uh, finally arrived. Good to have him on the air once again. I think this is visit number three, Mister Gerald Salente. Again, we've got Gerald Salente with us on the show. Great to have you, Gerald, as always. Oh, thanks for having me, as always. And um, it's always great to go through the Trends Journal. Um, for anyone who is interested, you can go to trendsresearch.com, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, later. Um, we want to get right into the markets on, on gold and silver, um, particularly in, in, in a portion of the, the recent Trends Journal under delaying the inevitable. You talk about the markets being rigged and the implications for that. Uh, what do you see as the, the future in terms of the current rising stock market? Or in this case, we just saw a little bit of a pullback. But w- what do you think the implication of, of rigged markets are? Well, it's, it's obvious is that like with any – it's a Ponzi scheme. It's, it's like with any criminal activity, at some point it collapses. And when you're looking at the markets, I mean, let's look realistically about it. China keeps saying they're not going to put any more stimulus in, and – in what the next day they do, and now they're lowering interest rates and making loans easier to get. It's estimated that 25% of China's GDP is housing-related. And looking at the numbers that are available, and remember, it's not a very transparent government. You know, it's a one-party one, one, um, government. You're looking at some 70 million luxury apartments that stand vacant. And then you go take a trip to the EU, and every week we keep hearing about Mario Draghi. Is he going to put in quantitative easing, and now they have negative interest rates. Take a look over here in the United States. They haven't raised interest rates since 2006. So the whole thing is a Ponzi scheme. It's being pumped up with cheap money, and where is the cheap money going? It's going into the equity markets, because at one time, people used to be able to take whatever little extra money they had and put it in the bank, and the bank would pay them interest. But you don't get any interest now when interest rates are virtually zero in the States and negative interest rates over in Europe. So going back to it, you're looking at merger and acquisition activity as we speak that's rivaling 2,007 levels because of all the cheap dough. So now they're talking about raising interest rates. It's very simple. When interest rates go up, the economy goes down. We just saw here in the States durable good orders fell 18.2% in August. They can make up any kind of fairy tale they want as to why they slipped that much. And then you could go back and look at the employment numbers. And you can make up any story that you want why they were weak last month or the month before. The fact of the matter is, if numbers were strong, if the economies were strong, you would not have this kind of fluctuation. And then, as you mentioned, when you look at the markets, you can see what's happening there. Yeah, the Nikkei is, you know, it's at seven-month highs. Big deal. They keep pumping cheap dough into it. But then how much did their GDP drop in the last quarter? Over 7%. Could you imagine that? A 7% fall-off of a GDP? That's huge. But the equity markets are doing fine because of the cheap dough that keeps the speculation going. And uh, that's why uh, it's, it's being pumped up. So 
And if we look at the the fallout of that as well, you notice that, uh, and I do see them personally as interrelated. You start to see, okay, the stock market's going up. That's great. It's it's clearly because low interest rates are manipulating the market. Where do they put with that excess equity, et cetera? But now you see that there's geopolitical crisis. There's political debacles everywhere. Uh, dire economic warnings, as you were just mentioning, and now we're starting to see increasing social disturbances. And, and as you talk in the Trends Journal about some environmental threats. So, how do you see the current economic issues, and especially as how that relates to lower gold and silver prices, which we've seen lately? Well, the lower gold and silver prices, and staying on gold. Uh, our forecast is gold, gold has more of a downside to it to a moderate extent. And the shock is going to be felt when interest rates go up. But as we, we're talking about what's going on in the real world, you cannot sustain an economy with even zero and negative interest rates. So that is going to cause a panic in itself. When interest rates go up, the uh, carry trade collapses in the emerging markets, and there's no longer the ability to sustain the phony growth of the equity markets. So in fast-forwarding a little bit, they'll come up with a new scheme with a different name to call quantitative easing. When that happens, that's when we are forecasting the beginning of the next bull run. It will follow the rise of interest rates. The rise of interest rates will only have, as we see it, a temporary impact in driving down gold and silver. But that, that increase in interest rates is going to cause panic on the streets. They can't keep the fraud going without cheap dough. And when that panic hits, gold goes. And let's not forget the geopolitical strife that's going on. The Middle East is up for grabs. If anybody listened to Obama's speech at the United Nations, it was a speech of more war, unending war, more, more interference in global affairs. The United States and its NATO allies has effectively declared a war against Syria. They're going into a sovereign country. And what's the reason? ISIS. They beheaded two guys. They beheaded two guys that went into a foreign country that, you know, was up for grabs. But they beheaded them. And that made all the news. And everybody, oh, look how evil, look how... Hey, how about those drone strikes? Uh, they only killed, what, 14 yesterday in Pakistan? How about the millions of people that, uh, people that have been killed in Iraq and Afghanistan by the United States military since the beginning of the Iraq War? Bombs are okay, beheading's bad. And now they're, now they're coming out Al Jazeera, which, by the way, is from Qatar, that is owned by the Qatar government, which is part of the so-called coalition that's attacking Syria, reported that some 23 civilians have just been killed with the United States attacks in Syria. So the point that I'm making is that the whole world is now up in arms about we have to stop ISIS, we have to go into Syria, as they're wiping out people anyway. Not to mention what just happened in Gaza. So we're looking at more war. With more war comes more geopolitical instability. With more geopolitical instability, gold becomes the safe haven asset that it has been since the beginning of recorded history. And they're not going to be able to rewrite that history. And yeah, we'll take a short break. More of uh, Gerald Salente coming up here. The number to call, one eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show.com. Hang on. One eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show dot com online. Now back to more of our interview uh, with Gerald Salente, hedge fund manager in Hong Kong, William K. Uh, he worked with Goldman Sachs uh, twenty five years ago in mergers and acquisitions. He, he was quoted recently as saying that investors should continue to buy gold and silver. They should find a place outside the banking system to store it, and they should count their wealth in ounces, not in fiat currencies such as the U.S. dollar, as an example. Uh, because the day will come very, very soon, and that 
investors will be happy that they made that investment in gold and silver. What do you think of his statement and I guess how that relates to to these geopolitical strife that's going on? It's a statement I've been making for years. I've been buying gold since late 1970s. My first buy was 187.50 an ounce. And I just keep buying it and putting it away. Gold is for my golden age. I don't trade it. Uh, I have about I have about 15 to 20 percent assets in silver. The rest, of course, in real estate. Um, <clears throat> but even that, the real estate I buy, I buy for passion and joy and, and creating beauty, not for not the profit opportunity only. So, to me, is why would anybody want to own dollars or euros or yuan? when they're just paper currencies based on nothing and backed by nothing. And again, I'm old enough to remember when uh, Richard Nixon uh, took us off the gold standard. And the rationale at that time, and remember, this is 1971. You know, World War II only ends in 1945. The United States was still at its peak. And they could get away with saying that the strength of the dollar is based on the strength of the United States. Well, that's no longer true anymore in terms of economy not when we're over $17 trillion in debt and continue going deeper. So to me, you know, I don't give financial advice. Only for myself, I keep buying gold and silver, and I have my, all my retirement into it. And as far as putting it in the banks, I've written in the Trends Journal the horror stories I've had uh, trying to get money out of banks when um, financial conditions became unstable. And if anybody needs a little re- recounting in history, go back to 1933, when they called a bank holiday. Isn't that a nice word? Isn't that a wonderful word, holiday? A day to screw you. A day to, to tell you you can't get your money out. A holiday. Your holiday from you being able to take what's yours. And what did they do? They made the American people turn in all their gold. Gold certificates, bullion, coins. And what did they do? They made him sell it. What was it, like $22 or $20, 22 or something? And they, after they got all the gold in, or they thought they did, they repegged the price of gold at $35 an ounce. How's that to shaft you out of 70% of your spending power? They devalued the dollar. So to me, is why would you give something so valuable for someone else to hold? If you don't have it, it's not yours. And I could keep going on with the stories. 9/11 tried to get my money out of the uh, out of out of CDs and turn it into gold, and I couldn't get it out because Wall Street was closed. Sorry, Mr. Salenti, certificates of deposit of financial instruments. But don't worry, when Wall Street reopens a week later, you'll be able to get your money if it's still there. So. <laughs> You know, so again, this is an old story. If you don't have it, you don't own it. And why would you, and to me, again, only speaking for myself, I do not give financial advice. You know, gold and, and, and silver are, are the uh, investments for me. Again, a lot, I buy, the, the real estate I buy is historic real estate. You know, I don't buy um, on speculation. I want to get into um, some of the things that are happening um, for you in terms of events, but I, I do have a question. Seeing as you're you're a friend from from the South here um, in the in the United States, there's a great quote from from Winston Churchill. He says, "The United States never fail to do the right thing after they've exhausted all other possibilities." And with Barack Obama's uh, rating being at the lowest approval rating. Um, do you think that the U.S. can eventually make some good decisions here? Not with the criminal operations that are in control. The Bloods and the Crips, people like to call them the Democrats and Republicans. They're murderers and thieves. They've started wars on, based on lies and killed millions of people and continue to do it. So when I say murderers and thieves, I don't say that sarcastically. I say it based on fact. And thieves, because they keep stealing all our money in the names of too big to fail and taxes to keep doing dirty deals, to keep pumping up their buddies, keeping the Ponzi schemes going, deregulating society so the the money is in the hands of the few 
and the opportunities and entrepreneurial opportunities are all but disappearing. So the word justice now in America means just us. You haven't seen one head roll on Wall Street for the criminal activities. All they do is get slapped with, with these little fines, slap on the wrist fines, and no one does any time. So, no, I don't see it changing at all, uh, considering who's in power. Here, look what's going on now with all the war talk going on in the States and in Canada and in, and in, in much of Europe. Have you heard anybody talking about peace? Have you heard one peace song? Nothing. Zero. Nada. 71% of the American people are in favor of bombing Syria. Oh, yes, yeah, Syria. Look what they've done to the United States. I think they invaded Topeka last week. Oh, Syria. Them Syrians? Not one word of peace. All you hear is war. And this is what I've been writing about for years. You saw the Panic of 08. We're seeing history repeat itself. Go back to the crash of 1929, followed by a depression, followed by a great recession. There's no recovery. Currency wars, trade wars, world wars. When all else fails, they take you to war. And the war drums are beating. All you have to do is listen to President Obama's talk at the U.N., it's there for everyone, everyone to listen to and pay attention to. And all it is is war talk. So um, uh, just for our listeners, if they want to get the Trends Journal, how would they go and get that, Gerald? Oh, simply TrendsJournal.com, TrendsJournal.com. And we also have a Trends Monthly that's part of the subscription. And each night, weekday night, we do trends in the news, the real news that's going on, not the stuff the prostitutes are selling. And uh, also, we're having conferences. We have conferences here in Colonial Kingston. We have people from all over the world coming. The last one was in August, another one coming up in mid-October. And this one, I'm going to teach people how to track trends. That's what I've been doing now since 1980. I've written the, wrote the book on it. So we're going to show them the global nomic processes on how to identify, forecast, and track trends. One other question. This is Paul speaking, Gerald. How would, if you are buying gold, silver, what is the best way to to hold it? Is it a depository like we have outside the banking system, or is it to take it home, bury it in the back garden? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I, I, I'd leave that up to the individual. You know, it's, it's because if I told them to bury it in the back garden and something happened to it, then they would blame me. You know, so I, I leave it up to the person to make their own decision. But what I would say is that. If I was somebody else, if I was somebody out there and buying gold, one of the places I would not put it in is a bank depository, a bank safety deposit box, considering the fragility of the banking system, the amount of derivative debt that they're holding, and just look what went on. I mean, you know, Cyprus isn't ancient history, and now they're talking about bank bail-ins. So the reality is, if there's a terrorist strike, be it false flag or real, and there's a financial crisis because the markets, to me, are way over-leveraged and overpriced, they're going to do everything they can to make sure that you pay for the problem. And that paying for it may be taking what you have. And, of course, they'll blame it on those terrorists for destabilizing the sound economies and for giving the governments the right to steal what's yours. Well, we want to we want to keep staying in touch with you, Gerald, because it's always great to to hear your point of view and see your take and where you where you see things going and, and following your trends. Uh, great to have you. Well, thank you, Jeremy, Paul, and everyone else. Jeremy, that was a great interview. I mean, Gerald is a very very interesting personality or a gentleman. What would you say? I always uh, appreciate his views. I, I particularly like what he's talking about in terms of interest rates. Especially since Janet Yellen, when she's talking, she's she's so non-decisive. She's saying, "Well, if things get good, we'll raise the we'll raise the interest rates." Of course, as soon as she raises interest rates, things aren't going to be good anymore. So it's like a weatherman. <laughs> if if it rains, take an umbrella. If it doesn't rain, it's going to sunshine. You know, you can't be wrong for making those type of decisions. But but I do agree that if that the next 
incantation of, of QE is, is going to come because they'll get to a point where they'll have no choice. They're going to need to to print more money to get out of it. And at that point, the jig really is up. No one's going to be able to, to continue on pretending like things are great. Um, but, you know, again, I think that when we look, we talked about it at the top of the show that if you look at silver sales of bullion, you'd say that we're in a very strong bull market. The price doesn't look like we are, but the sales say we yeah, are. but the smart money is buying physical product. I know from the people that come in to us, that purchase on a regular basis, new clients come in every single day. They, you know, they take the news, they listen to the news, and they disseminate the news the way they feel you know, their, their pocketbook is going to work for them in the future. You've got a limited amount of money. You want to hold on to it. You work hard for your money. You've got to put your money into hard assets. If you listen to Gerald, and he's talking about fiat currencies, and we, you know, I said in the previous segment as well, we go back to Roman times when they took a gold coin and it finished up to be a wooden coin. That is the same thing as what he's talking about um, in 1930 when they confiscated everybody's gold and silver and then put the price up from 22 to $35. It's happening. It's depreciation. It's devaluation. And that's what the U.S. is doing. That's what Canada's doing. That's what Great Britain's doing. That's what Europe's doing. They're printing money. But it's interesting that you're talking about confiscation of gold back in the 30s, and Gerald mentioned that. The U.S. government doesn't have to confiscate gold anymore. They've been they've been confiscating people's wealth with inflation for years now. So they they really no, don't need true. to confiscate gold. People should be looking to buy gold and silver as as protection against where banks and governments that have become increasingly fragile and increasingly desperate. And I think you know Gerald was talking a little bit about all these wars and you wonder why is that why are they so so desperate to go to to just get their the US to get their war with Syria you know it, it was completely not backed by the UN and he just went in okay under the guise of ISIS so now we can't criticize it of course but the fact is is he's getting his Syrian war and the wars are coming and how do people protect against that for themselves personally? And, and obviously it's getting uh, some physical bullion, some sort of hard asset outside the banking system. Well, that's what we do at Guildhall. We offer hard assets like gold, silver, platinum and platinum where you can buy it immediately, take home delivery. You can pick it up uh, within a couple of days when you place your order. If you want to take your product and put it in a safe, secure depository we have that available for you uh, where we can allocate segregate your product is insured you get the bar numbers uh, we're offering actually till the end of the year we normally have a, uh, a storage fee that's 1.3 percent a year but we're, we're eliminating the storage fee till January of 2015 and also no fees Minimum order, if you want to open up in the depository, normally it's 500 ounces. You can get 200 ounces of silver, which is going to cost you around about $4,000. To get an account open, start your account, add to it on a, on a monthly basis. You're never going to pick the bottom. You're never going to pick the top. But get your account open, add to it every month, whether it's 10 ounces of silver, 100 ounces of silver, whether it's an ounce of gold or 10 ounces or 20 ounces of gold, get your account open. Give us a call. one eight seven seven eight silver is the number, therealmoneyshow.com. Our final uh, minute or so here, Jeremy, touch on e-commerce for us. Yeah, we've uh, launched our e-commerce site. Great way, easy way for anyone to log on, open, open uh, an account and pick their bullion, uh, take delivery of their bullion or, or schedule a time to come pick it up. So it's a great way, easy way for people to now get involved, as Paul was saying, on, on a weekly or monthly basis. And uh, so far, just like uh, we were talking about the sales in in uh, the U.S. and the decline of inventories in Shanghai, uh, business has been robust as the market has come down a little bit in recent times. So we think that uh, you've got to be counterintuitive here. So, uh, of course, coming into the next segment, we're going to talk about something that's uh, more luxurious mm-hmm. and a great... Uh, a luxurious way to protect one's wealth and also grow their wealth, uh, whether it's uh, for uh, children's education or your own retirement. Definitely stick around for that. We're talking about diamonds. It's coming up next. One eight seven seven eight silver and realmoneyshow.com. This is The Real Money Show. And back with more of The Real Money Show, the number to start investing. You should know this one, one eight seven seven eight silver online, therealmoneyshow.com. Jeremy, one of my 
favorite portions of this show ever, ever is talking about diamonds and a lot of stuff going down. We're going to talk about pinks, talk about uh, the tender and auctions especially, right? Yes. We've got uh, a most recent auction that, that did occur. This was back in June. And the reason I'm about to mention this is because there's another auction coming up um, in the beginning of October. Mm-hmm. So we, we always want to stay uh, in tune with what's going on at auction. This is going to set the bar for the rest of the market. These are extremely magnificent diamonds, usually quite large, usually of the best type of quality. So looking back a few months, back in June, Christie's New York sold a 5.5 oval cut, so an oval diamond, vivid, strongest saturation, Mm -hmm. pink diamond that was VVS1, which is very, very slightly imperfect. It's about as close as you can get to perfect. Uh, And this diamond sold for over $9.5 million U.S. What was the uh, premium originally on that? So they, the reserve, estimated, yeah, they estimated it that it would get 7.5. So it fetched considerably more than what they were looking at. And, and this is what we're, we're, we're used to seeing mm-hmm. at this point in the market for the last five years plus. Uh, it's not the first time in the last nope. five years that diamonds have broke records, of course, but, but within the last several years, we keep seeing this more and more and more. Clearly, the the uber wealthy are looking for places to hide their money or to to put it somewhere. And what better place to put it than something that is extremely rare, has never dropped in value, um, most concentrated wealth on the planet. And so they're looking at colored diamonds. So coming up, there's going to be Sotheby's in Hong Kong on October 7th. We're going to be watching this closely. They're going to be uh, auctioning off an 8.41. Wow. Pear shape, not oval, pear shape, uh, internally flawless pink diamond. I have. Mm-hmm. So this this diamond, and it's a purplish, it's a purple pink. So this diamond is um, even more magnificent than the last, and uh, they're expecting it to get upwards of fifteen and a half million. They're saying between twelve and fifteen. So, so it could be eighteen, right? Paul could lead, like I mean, based on that other diamond, who it, knows, I've right? Got to tell you, it can be anything. Yeah. I mean, I've been talking to my people especially people I partner with as well when we're buying large diamonds that were in the Hong Kong uh, show Mm -hmm. last week. Um, And prices were up there for very, very high quality. There wasn't a lot of natural fancy color diamonds. There's always a lot of white diamonds. There's always white diamonds, you know, out there uh, to to purchase. But to find natural fancy color diamonds is a little tougher. You know, you really have to mine almost 140 thousand white diamonds to come up with an investment grade <laughs> diamond which could be a yellow um, you know vivid internally flawless you'd have to mine basically 140,000 to one so mm-hmm. that tells you how rare they are um, the, the cuts were very very important at this year's show especially for the Asian market the Asians are used to round diamonds and now mm-hmm. the cuts they're looking at is emerald cut um, which is like a step cut, radiant, cushion. These are the type of cuts that bring out the fire and the scintillation in a diamond. They are made for to bring out the beauty of a diamond, and they certainly, certainly do that, and especially pear shape as well. Pears become very, very popular uh, in Japan. They love pear-shaped diamonds, so they're very, very hard to, to get hold of. Jeremy mentioned just now October the 7th, the, the, the auction, is it Sotheby's? In Hong Kong? Yeah, the Correct. next one. Yeah. Um, October the 8th, I'm not sure whether it's the 8th or 10th October, uh, is the final bid uh, for the Argyle tender. That's when they open the bids and right. they tell you who's won what diamond. This is the Argyle mine, right? This is from okay. the Argyle right. so mine. This is the Argyle mine in Western Australia. Mm-hmm. They produce 90% of the world's pinks, but it's just a fraction of 1% of their entire production. But that's why it's so, so important because this is the pretty much one of the only mines in the world that produces pinks. And they produce most of them, but it's still a very tiny amount. And they're only going to be doing these tenders for another few years because the mine will be closing. Well, this is the, the important thing is that in this tender, there's over 50 diamonds that they put in this year. And it's the best of the best. Yep. It's the cream of the crop. Um, there's only four VS diamonds. The rest of them are SI1, SI2, which means they have inclusions, but you're buying the color. The Argyle pinks have unbelievable colors. They're purpley pink. They look like raspberry color, bubblegum pink. They're mm-hmm. just incredible colors in the pinks. Um, 
whereas you mentioned before, one of the diamonds they had was a VVS-1 um, that sold at auction. We have, it's not a four-carat stone, it's a 0.42, or 0.4, yeah, 0.42, and it's an argyle pink with the argyle inscription. Um, it's an intense, and it's a VVS-1. Now, it's just an appraisal. I know what price it's going to come back as appraised. We haven't put it up on the website yet, but... I think it's going to be, you know, basically in the over the hundred thousand dollar price. It's going to. We're putting it up on this show for sixty thousand dollars before it goes up. Normally, we would put it up on the website, probably in the seventy thousand dollars, seventy five thousand dollar range. But it's going to go for sixty thousand dollars. This is a VVS one in an argyle pink, extremely rare. It's a point four two. It's a magnificent stone. It's a radiant cut. It has. Everything that you need to have in a pink. The color is incredible. It's almost a bubblegum pink. Um, the colors that fly off of this stone. Right. Um, when I saw it, I bought it, and I fell in love with it. Even though it's, it's a little, you know, it's a point four two. It's just under a half a carat. Um, you know, we just sold this, actually this week, a point five nine fancy, intense argyle pink, and it went for almost twice the price of what this stone is. And it's only, you know, 15, 20% bigger. So, again, this is an unbelievable price. This is a type of stone that you put away for 10 years, 15 years, and you will get a three, 400% return on your money. You know, we were selling this type of stone, you know, five years ago, six years ago, for round about $20,000. Today we're asking $60,000. It's not because we're liberty takers, but that's what the prices are out there. Yeah. And this year is tender, and this is what I wanted to bring up about the tender. With our partners out in New York, we've bid on a few stones. I mean, there's four VS quality stones, and we're partnering on some of these stones. Last year we bid 20% more than we did the year before. We never won one stone last year. So this year we're basically about 30% more than we were last year. So that's 50% up in two years that we are bidding for stones. So we know what's going to happen, especially when you see an auction that these prices are fetching 20% over their asking price. We know, And that's on big stones. Not everybody can afford $7, $9 million, $17 million. We're, you know, you're looking for an investment. You're looking to retire. You're looking for your kid's education. There is no better investment than getting into an Argyle pink. And, you know, just as I'm looking at our, our list of pinks, I always like looking at our diamond list. It's like looking at a really good wine list. Um, but uh, all of our pinks are VVS or better, or VS or better, rather, I should say. We don't have SI diamonds. That's how you roll. You, that, you roll the best of the best. That's just what yeah. we do because mm-hmm. we really yeah. – it, it, yes, in one, on the one hand, it's a search for perfection. We, we just want to buy the absolute best possible. You, can't, you don't lose if you buy the best. It can only become a great investment that way. You don't muddy the waters by having different, different clarities – and it's not just that it's VS. It also has to be a good diamond in, in terms of the other four Cs but or the other three Cs. But we have to keep that standard. Mo- many of our clients are purchasing these diamonds as investment simply because if you're buying a 0.3 carat pink, you're not necessarily looking to put that into jewelry per se. And one day if the client decides they do want to sell, we want to continue to only sell the best of the best. So only if they absolutely became no longer available, period, maybe you might start to see some some uh, lower clarities start to creep into the inventory. But uh, but up till now, we've been able to maintain those those standards, and, and I'm really happy about that. And and it it shows year in year out. Every single time we go to get diamonds reappraised, every single time we go to buy another VS or another VVS pink, the prices are always significantly higher. Um, and it's not, every single time, it's a great feeling. And it also brings me back to, to yellows. Um, yellows are basically the next pinks. I mean, the pinks are extremely rare, but to find a vivid yellow diamond today is really, really hard, especially internally flawless. And price-wise, you know, vivid diamonds, especially internally flawless, are going up as much as 30 35% a year. So you've got to look at the vivids. 
especially in the yellows, and you've got to look at the pinks, especially Argyle pinks and VS quality. We also have a couple of other pinks that are not on the website, and if you'd like to inquire about them, mm-hmm. we've actually just got them being appraised. Uh, one of the diamonds is a point two nine. I just brought it in. It's a fancy, deep pink. It's a VS1. Unbelievable stone. Again, you're looking in the range of about $60,000. And I've also got a point three four. Um, it's a fancy, intense pink. It's a VS2 quality radiant, um, and this stone is also an. It's it's out there to be purchased. It's an unbelievable stone, and you're looking for this stone because it's an in, uh, an intense pink VS2. You're looking at a great, great price. As I said, uh, they're out for appraisal right now. If you want to, if you're interested in any one of these three stones we've been talking about, give us a call. It's first come, first served. We'll be happy to see you. Come to our office. Look at the diamonds. You're going to fall in love with them the same as we do. We'll take a short break. The number Paul is talking about one eight seven seven eight Silver and TheRealMoneyShow.com. And back with more of the Real Money Show one eight seven seven eight Silver and TheRealMoneyShow.com. Jeremy, you, you, I've read articles and you can find them now if you Google with a couple keystrokes that there's millionaires, billionaires out there that are taking a lot of their investment out of the stock market as much as 60% cash and investing in other things like hard assets. Is that true? It's absolutely true. The, look, it's a very shaky economy. It, the, the governments, the banks, they're increasingly fragile, increasingly desperate. People see that this is going on. How long can we be continuing in a low interest rate environment and lots of money being created out of nowhere? Um, so, the, the wealthy are looking for ways to protect their, their, their wealth. And it's so important to think about protecting your wealth. And this is why they are moving into um, collectibles like fine art, like, like diamonds. Diamonds are a lot easier than, for example, if, if, you, if you go to these auctions and you can just look at Sotheby's and Christie's, which we talk about on the show just for diamonds. But if you look at the other things that they're selling at auction and the records being broken for, for those type of items and assets and hard assets that are no longer – we're not talking about stuff in the stock market. We're talking about the wealthy saying, I have my real estate. I've taken care of that portion. Um, I've, I'm not – I'm very concerned about the stock market. I'm concerned about potential uh, geopolitical threats or, or interest rate rising. I need a, a different way. I'm worried about the U.S. dollar collapsing. They're looking for other places to put their money. So when we look at other things, even like the art art world, mm-hmm. prices are c- consistently rising, whether you think the art is good or not. Diamonds are a little more easy to, to um, approach because – you're not worried about the subjectivity as much when we're looking at things like that. It really is a matter of the better the diamond is, the more rare it is, the more the more the price is. It's so, categorically true. It, yeah, it's, it's all just to it. It's just that much yeah. easier. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they are so rare, the fact that they've never gone down in value, um, their concentrated wealth, it, it's just such a natural, safe place to be. And so it's when, portable wealth, which is really extremely. important too. In the palm of your hand, you can hold you know, ten, twenty million dollars. Which is why when we're looking at these auctions and we see these records being broken, we always have to come back to why is someone willing to spend $15 million plus on this little, well, if it's six carats or higher, it's not so little, but on, on this diamond? It's because they know it's a safe place to be. How about this, though? They're, they're, they're planning to spend 12, but that diamond ends up being $15 million, like you mentioned. Shouldn't people who are thinking about maybe giving you a call and buying a diamond for $8,000, they should have that in their mind because all boats rise with the tide. So you should buy before maybe the next auction. Is that the way to think about it? Because everything's going to keep going up. So if you're going to do it, Get off the fence. Yeah, uh, right? uh, of course. I, I think what, what maybe holds back uh, the new investor is that they don't have the benefit of seeing the prices rise. There's no stock market that says, here's where colored diamonds were 10 years ago. Nope. Here's where they are today. But what you can do is people have followed the prices online and just naturally you start to see the prices climb. Of course, you still have to know what you're looking for. You still have to be able to say yes. This is a one carat, internally flawless, uh, vivid yellow diamond, and compare apples to apples. But what we know, we've seen it for the last uh, decade, is that the prices continue to rise year over year. And uh, so you do want to get in before it's too late. And I think anyone who's looked at the pink diamond market knows that. That three years ago, you could have bought a 0.23 carat for 
close to 20,000. Now that's comfortably selling for 35, edging towards 40. You know, that's that's looking at almost doubling in, in terms of a four or five year period. So when we were talking about in the last segment about one of the recent diamonds we got, which was a 0.42, and that's an Argyle, which is VVS1. That's that's just shy of being of being internally flawless and that diamond going for about 60 this is this is a this is a good good time to buy it especially if the argyle tender comes up next next month the dealers are all going to know that the prices are are 20 30% higher the whole industry's prices for diamond, for pink diamonds are going to rise 18778silver and the real money show.com paul well as jeremy said you know in the previous segment as well in, in the last 40 years since they've been keeping records natural fancy colored diamonds have never ever ever dropped in price That's amazing, this right? is through recession depressions uh, the dot com uh, the housing bubble, I mean, you know, everything that's possibly gone wrong in the worst of times in 2008, 2009, natural fancy color diamonds even increased in price about 5 or 10%. In some years, we've actually doubled in a year. In some cases, lately, we're looking at about 25 to 35% increase every year, but that's on quality. Um, there's a difference between quality and quantity. Hmm. Um, white diamonds, there is a lot of quantity out there natural fancy color diamonds there's not a lot of product that you can buy and this is not you've got to also judge apples to apples when we go out and buy a natural fancy colored diamond we have a certain classification that we keep to you know the site the top of the diamond is called a table that has to be a certain size the width of the diamond the depth of the diamond the even saturation of the diamond you know you can put two diamonds together. It's basically one one is great and one's not so great. It's like looking at a tailor. Uh, you know, if you go to Hong Kong, you'll see a lot of badly made suits with people wearing them. Seriously. <laughs> you know, if something's made in 24 hours, it's not the same as somebody has put a lot of care into making that suit and using the finest fabric. That's what happens with diamonds. A great cut diamond sparkles. The fire, the color that comes off of it, is incredible, and these are the diamonds that we buy. Now, when we buy a diamond, somewhere down the line, we know we're going to get that diamond back. And that's maybe you put it into a piece of jewelry and you're going to pass it down as an heirloom you know, to your kids. But the people that buy diamonds, they want to get a return on, on their investment and they want to be able to sell it. So when I buy a diamond, I know that somewhere down the road I'm going to get that diamond back I'm not going to sell something that's inferior. I want to sell top of the line because that way I know I can resell that with no problem. It's increasing with value every year. You know, I bought back a diamond that I sold to someone which I really didn't want to let go out of my own collection, and I finished up paying 40% more for that diamond Hmm. and kept it in my own collection because I know when I sold it, I didn't want to let it go but I know how it could increase in value. And that's what this investment is all about. One eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. Paul just mentioned, uh, Jeremy, about you know getting into a piece of jewelry, the wonderful little piece of alliteration you guys have wealth to wear, right? How does that work? Yeah, so, you know, um, we all have colored diamonds at Guildhall. Uh, my wife has a colored diamond, and inevitably you go out for dinner or whatnot, and people will notice it. And... So I've, I have lots of conversations with uh, women who, who show their diamonds. And, and one of the things I've seen over time is that no matter where people buy their diamond, they, they are always, in most cases, a little unsure of what they got. And mm-hmm. they, they put so much faith into the person that they bought it from or the store where they bought it from. And at, at best, the someone should really, really fall in love with that diamond and it becomes their, their best friend. You know, diamonds are a girl's best friend. Um, sometimes it's not always the case. You see a, a little sense of, of, you know, I wasn't quite sure. I, I, I felt like the, you, you know, you get that sort of... Kind of they just wanted the, the ring on their finger to say I got engaged <laughs> and it didn't really matter about... But, but, could be cubic right zirconia. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, when, 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 we, when we're selling diamonds, what we see over and over again, especially for wealth to wear, which just to get to that, we, we help people custom design. It's bespoke jewelry. Um, we'll have someone tailor that design. You pick a design, we'll tailor it for you, etc. The diamond picks them. They already know it's of absolute high quality. They know it's such good quality, it's considered investment grade. 
pick what you want. We sometimes, and I've seen Paul literally have to tear a diamond out of someone's hand to mm. say, I, I think that's the one that you should get. Let go. So, <laughs> let go. <laughs> so that, that we, do, we do help people find not only the perfect diamond, but then set it in the perfect piece. one silver on TheRealMoneyShow.com. Guys, with the uh, few minutes we got left, I want to cover a couple things. E-commerce and then uh, back into a little bullion. Want to cover e-commerce? One of you guys? Sure. Or I can do it. Now you do it. So <laughs> uh, we do, we, we've launched a e-commerce uh, through Guildhall Wealth Management, cool. and it allows people to purchase uh, smaller amounts of bullion and have it delivered direct or of course they can just schedule to come and pick it up at the offices in toronto and uh, so far you know seeing uh, the price of silver in the last week it, it did uh, come down quite a bit and sales were quite robust so it's a great easy way for people to get into um, gold and silver and there is also the way to connect to our diamond site through there and we do encourage everyone to go onto the diamond site Look at the diamonds that we have. We have some diamonds that are coming, and they're not quite ready to go up on the site, but uh, you can ask us about that. But please visit the site, see the diamonds, uh, pick something that you like, give us a call, and uh, we'll we'll show you the collection in real life. Paul, Jeremy mentioned the uh, the price of silver coming down. That is a good thing. That's what you want if you're well, going to start yeah, investing, I, right? Like gobble yeah, it up. Absolutely. I mean, I bought uh, myself silver last week and this week. I thought it was a great price. Um, in actual fact, I got a little article. Mm-hmm. Um, the U.S. Silver Eagle sales exploded on Tuesday of this week. Um, when the U.S. Mint updated its figures on Monday, sales of Silver Eagles increased 700,000 to over 2.4 million. Then yesterday, another 350,000 was sold for a total of 2,765,000 for the month of September. That's a big big number. So what happens is when the price comes off, the smart people buy gold and silver. You know, we also offer a depository where you can store your your metal with us. It's safe, secure. It's actually segregated and allocated to you. We can even give you your bar numbers. It's a great way to go. You can put as little as 500 ounces into the depository. Um, It's As I said, it's safe and secure. We'll give you the bar numbers and that's also available. You have to give us a call. We'll set up an account. It can be done within, you know, 24 hours. Uh, and I think this is a, a great, great time to get into the market. You know, as we're recording this show on Thursday, the Dow is down 250 points. Wow. This could be the start of a huge, huge drop, which means gold and silver that's been beaten down for a while is going to move up pretty quick. Boyan, natural fancy colored diamonds. It is a good time. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. We'll wrap it for another week. Go to the website, call the number, and start investing. Mm-hmm.